Every single day, people take unwanted or unused items to thrift in antique stores across the country. But as the saying goes, one man's trash is another man's treasure, and we are here to prove it. We are here to help you identify valuable things before you throw them away. Join us as we show and tell of treasures found and sold by a full-time reseller with the hopes of helping you find some treasures of your own. Welcome to the What's Sold podcast. Welcome back to the What's Sold podcast. My name is Brandon. I am here with my good friend, Matt, who also known sometimes as Rusty, the reseller. Hello. Uh, we, are, we, are, <laughs> we have launched this podcast to bring some information to the folks that are out there that are trying to resell or just people that want to hear about what a reseller does. So welcome back, Matt. Good to see you. How are you doing? Thanks. I'm doing really good. How are you? Well, you know what, Matt? I'm not going to lie to you. I've had a cold for about a week. Oh, I'm finally no. getting over it's it. Uh, it's yeah, it is. <laughs> it has been a little. I don't even want to get tested because it could be like a COVID thing. I'm like, I don't care. I just I'm going to get better. I'm 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 on the mend. <laughs> let's put it that way. But I'm sure. excited to be back with you. I was very excited about the ephemera paper pod. I wanted to kind of let people know that we are still in the process of updating the website, but the the photos yep. are up there. So those of you that are listening, you it. In a very soon, very uh, quick time, I don't know how we put that. It's very soon. We will have a, <laughs> a a real quick link that you can hit to look at those galleries that are on there. It's a little bit of an adjustment to make sure we show you those pictures. But the gallery for the ephemera article, or I'm sorry, pod is up there, and then the gallery for the uh, costume jewelry will be there as well as the fine jewelry and so on and so forth. So every episode will have its own gallery. Is what I'm trying to say to people. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, as I talk about things, I often will show them. And that's great for the people who watch the YouTube channel uh, of this podcast. But for those of you who are just tuning in, maybe on your commute to work or something, you think, man, that sounds interesting. I kind of want to see. I think I might have one of those. Go to the website, check it out. We'll have photos of all of that uh, so that you can see them on your own time. Yeah, perfect. All right. So without further ado, Matt, what do you have for us this week? Well, today we're going to talk about books. I buy and sell things for a living. That's what this is about. It's about kind of taking you through small avenues that I go down um, with my with my daily and weekly work. And I go out to a lot of thrift stores. I go to a lot of antique stores and not unlike clothing, for example, which is in most places that you go like that, they'll have clothing. Books are the same way. People, there's lots of books out there. When people are donating, giving things away, books tend to find their way there, if not to use the bookstores, which is also a place you can source. But I, I, I don't target that necessarily, but I always look because I do, and you can too, find valuable or semi-valuable books that people gave away. They didn't know or they didn't care. <laughs> they just want to move it on to somebody else. And so the most recent sale of a book, I don't have it because I actually had to ship it off before we could air this, but I can, I do have a picture on eBay uh, that I will load so people can look at it. But it was a first edition of A Good Man is Hard to Find by Flannery O'Connor, who um, is a favorite of mine. And I came across that at an antique store. It was a really cheap price. It was like 40 bucks and sold it for about $300, Wow, which... If I'd waited longer, I probably could have sold it for more than that, but it didn't have a dust jacket on it. It was just the book. That is one downside of buying books used in thrift stores and places that oftentimes you're not going to get the book with the original dust jacket on it. And even if you do, it's in rough condition. But even with rough condition, having a dust jacket is better than not having one. 
Um, and in some cases, you have to have the dust jacket in order to correctly identify how old it is or if it's, say, a first edition. Hmm. Do you ever you ever donate books? Do you ever see books while you're out? Well, you know, it's funny. I just listened to Well, Flannery O'Connor is one of my favorite authors. She's just amazing. But we're obviously yeah. not a book talk show. But I love Flannery O'Connor. And I was like thinking to myself as we were talking, I was like, man, I would love to have a first edition Flannery O'Connor. So I do go out. I'm not. I'm not a book collector. I'm definitely a mm-hmm. book reader. I have lots of books and I have a library in my house and library. That sounds very sophisticated, but you know, oh, wow. obviously bookshelves with lots of books. Um, <laughs> Is there lots of leather in that room? Yeah, like, lots of leather, leather and cigar smoke, some, some, you know, dark, dark stained yeah, wood, dark stained wood <laughs> and some highball glasses. Right. Absolutely. No, uh, it, but I don't, I do have a couple of very, very old books. It's funny. I was, as you were saying that I was thinking about, I have this book from this children's series that taught me to read from years ago. It was a terrible knockoff of the Hardy Boys, if you remember that Hardy Boys series. I have a first edition of the Happy Hollisters. And I was like, oh, I wonder what, I wouldn't sell it because it's more of a, a, you know, and and I wanted to say that because you're in the reselling business. And I I remember Mm -hmm. one time I took this, I had a stamp collection and I took it to a stamp collector and it was a pretty good collection. He's like, look, here's the deal. I could probably find three or four stamps in here that might be worth something, but ultimately yeah. this, this collection's worth more to you than it is to <laughs> me. And I think that that's something that's important as we go through the show to remember that people think, Oh, but I have this and it's really cool. And I really love it. Well, that's true, but it's only worth what someone's sure. willing to pay for it. So if I had a Flannery O'Connor first edition, I would not be selling it. Now, if you don't love Flannery O'Connor and you have <clears> it, you might want to, <laughs> you might want to sell it on eBay. Yeah, well, you know, I do love Flannery O'Connor, and it would have been nice to to hold on to that. But the thing I have to remind myself all the time when I come across things that are really cool is uh, I still got to pay my bill next week. And right. so I'm doing this. I'm doing this to as a as a living. If I ever get another job where that pays for my bills, uh, I I still have retained all this knowledge I've earned. So uh, you know, I I may hold on to some things, but uh, I still have some some. Flannery O'Connor at the house I can read. Uh, and so that's okay. I don't have to have the first in order to be happy with it. But it's funny. I want to draw on what you mentioned a second ago about having books that you had maybe when you were a child or that you learned to 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 read from. Yeah. Um, and that segues actually perfectly into the next book I'm going to talk about. And it's something that I picked up last week. I'm going to show it right here. Oh. Those of you who are seeing it are immediately going to recognize what it is. It is the book, The Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss. Now, who didn't? read this book or have this book at their house at some time in their life, right? right. Everybody did. It's a blue, it's a very, um, you know, well-known, the, even the look of it. Um, it's the blue cover with the white letters. This particular one has a little circle that says for beginning readers. And I talked with a friend recently this week. He's like, yeah, I, you know, I actually, that was a book I did kind of learn to read on that book. Like it, it really did happen. And the, what's unique about this particular book is that it actually happens to be a first edition of The Cat in the Hat as wow. well. Um, and what's crazy about the fact that I found this book was that I was actually meeting with someone. I had some spare time. And so I ran by a goodwill that I don't, I haven't gone to in over a year. It's one of those that has a bins store next to it. Are you familiar with the yeah. bins? Yeah. Just yeah. Like big it's exactly what it stuff. sounds like. Right. Gigantic bins. Just just everything you can think of. A lot of it is damaged, broken, whatever, bits of things. It's just all thrown in. I think the, the idea is that this is stuff maybe that had been out before and didn't sell, or maybe they didn't think it was valuable enough to put in the stores, so they just kind of dump it in. And they're like, hey, you know, get down in your elbows, and maybe you'll find something you want. 
most people who saw this just thought, oh yeah, cat in the hat. I got that at home. Or who doesn't have cat in the hat? Right. But I looked at it and I opened it up and I looked at the date and I'm sure enough, this is a first edition. Now at this bin store, it costs, it's a, it's a, for books. They, they do it by weight. So it's, I think it's, it was like 80, what was it? $8 a pound, I want to say. And so this book cost me something like 25 cents. <laughs> okay. It doesn't have the dust jacket on it, unfortunately. Right. But it is a first edition. I'm going to wait to tell you the value of it in a moment. It's not as valuable as you might think. And the main reason is going back to what I said earlier, which is that there's no dust jacket. And for this particular book, the only way you can know if this is a first edition, first printing. So some listeners out there may not know that a first edition doesn't necessarily mean it's the very first run of that book. You could have multiple subsequent printings and it still be a first edition book because it's on the original plates. But the oh. first printing is the first time that it was printed. And in this particular book, the dust jacket would have a number in the upper right corner. If you open it up, it would have a 200-200. And if it has that, you have a first printing. Now, a first printing sells for between $3,000, $3,500 if it was a first printing. This might be. I mean, what I'm holding might be one of those. There's no way to prove it. I'll never know. I'll never know. Exactly. And so that brings the value down. So that's an example of like, even at a bin store, you can find valuable first edition books. I did it last week. Okay. And I'm going to be throwing that up in the eBay store soon. I brought a couple other books that I have found this last year at thrift stores that I can talk about. You'll probably also recognize this book. It's Gone with the Wind. Okay. And it has the dust jacket on it. As a matter oh. of fact, this is more of a book club edition. So this is, you can take a deep dive on books. First um, book edition, book club edition books oftentimes will use the original plates. And so it might even say first edition on the inside, but it's not a first edition. It's a subsequent printing of a first edition. And so there are different things that you have to look for with different books. There's not even like a standard golden rule. But the point is, you got to do research, just like anything. But you can find this book. It's in really good condition. It's from the 60s. Okay, This was the printing. It has a really good pristine dust jacket on it. This has value. I paid $4 for it at a thrift store. I'm going to sell it for $30 or $40. Wow. This is one that also people will recognize and or salivate mm. at. And it is To Kill a Mockingbird. My favorite book of all time. Yep. And this is a first edition. And it does have a dust jacket on it, even though oh. it's not a really good condition dust jacket. On the back, you can see it is um, Harper Lee. It's a photo that it says it's by Truman Capote, who is a friend of hers, who's also a well-known author. In fact, two weeks ago, I found a first edition of In Cold Blood by oh. Truman Capote at a thrift store, and it's for sale currently. It hasn't sold yet, but this is an example of one that, if it were a true first edition, would be $100,000 or more. $100,000? Or, or more than that. If it was in really good condition with a good dust jacket and it was, you know, it could be proven to be a first printing, first edition, right? Because there weren't that many of them. This is like a 13th printing. So this was printed. This is the 13th set of uh -huh. first books edition. that were printed. Right. So this, you know, maybe $100, $150, something like that. So, but if you're, if you're, wait, so if I, I'm, I'm in my grandfather's attic in his yep. farmhouse and he's kept yeah. all these old books and i go in there and i find a first edition first printing of to kill a mockingbird it could be worth a hundred thousand dollars 
Uh, maybe more than that. I'm just sort of spitballing here. You you go to some options. Okay, Matt. Hey, I got to stop the show. I'm I'm leaving right now to go start searching attic for the <laughs> right. Wow. Listen, go to go to your. I mean, go to your grandparents' house. You're like, hey, do you you know you held on to these kids' books that you bought to read to your kids, my parents, and so they're decades old. They're still in good condition. They're in. They've just been sitting there for decades unmoved from that shelf. Hey, do you want this book anymore? Like, do you realize that this book is worth X amount of dollars? It's out there. They're out there. And not just first edition books, but really old and rare books. So the last two I'm going to show on the show today are these two books. And I'm going to describe them because they have no writing on them. They're smaller books. They are very, very worn. They look like journals. They are less. Yeah, they do. They do. And there's a reason for that. And it's because of the materials that they're made out of. Old, very old books, a lot of times have leather bindings, and that's what this is. It's just very worn leather. And on the inside, the paper is not that stark white type of paper that you're accustomed to. It's usually like a tan or a beige color, also because of fading over time. But you also have the paper is thicker. It's almost like what journals would be made out of now, and it's got a texture to it. This particular book I'm showing here is called The Spectator, and it says The Spectator in eight volumes. And if you open it up another page, it says to the right honorable Charles Lord Halifax. And as you can verify, as you're seeing this and we'll have pictures up, as we mentioned before, there's all kinds of writing, handwriting with somebody used, you know, a pen and ink out of an inkwell and was writing in cursive names and different things. It's on both the front and the back covers. Really cool. This book is from 1789, and I bought it for $10 at a thrift store. They didn't know it was from 1789 because in the front, it doesn't say 1789. It says MD, CL, XXI. It's all in Roman numerals. So oh, you have wow. to look it up on Google to see how old it is. People are there are collectors that really salivate over books of this age. It's a 250 year old book wow. or more. The next one, same situation, heavily worn. And this one says an American selection of, it looks like it says lessons, L-E-F-F-O-N-S, but it's lessons in reading and speaking calculated to improve the minds and refine the taste of youth. And again, it has writing on the cover on the inside. It has the Roman numerals. This is from 1769. So I have a 1769 and a 1789 book. I paid less than $10 for both of them at thrift stores in my community. I have maybe 10 to 12 books from the late mid to late 1700s that I've bought in the last six months and spent less than $10 a piece. I've got 12 books. I'm, I'm less than $120, probably $100 or less in on all of these. And these can bring, depending on the condition, depending on the title, can bring really, really large amounts of money. A lot of profit is the point compared to what you're spending. Yeah, and that, that makes it worth looking at. I mean, the whole point of this show is to give people an idea of time in, money in, and what's the value of doing it. So I, I guess I would warn people as a I'm, a, I'm a historian by training, I was a teacher for years and years, that oftentimes yeah. people will say, oh, it's old, it must be worth something. But I think you've hit it on the head. It's, it's also about condition. It's about oh, yeah. you know, all the things. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't take a shot on something if it's five bucks. You don't know until you actually do the research to see what its actual value is going to be. Yeah. And we all have computers in our pockets. So the difficulty, there is no difficulty essentially in researching things on the spot. I can be standing there looking at the book. I can research the value before I 
pay for it. I can walk away if I don't find what I'm looking for. But there are big values. You can find them. Do you have stuff in your homes that you may not know has value? And if you're out at just a goodwill, you can find I found, I mean, last year, I think I bought three or four first editions of To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> Only one of them had a wow. dust jacket. None of them were first printings, 13th printing, 15th printing, 18th printing. But I'm never spending more than $5 on those. And those are an easy $40 or $50 sale. You throw them up on auction and they go. Wow. And it's it's so interesting to me how many, the variety of things that you sell, because some people might just be really focused on selling first edition books and that's maybe that's all they do. And they yeah. can focus on that and they probably know a ton about it. And maybe they'll make more money, but you're, you're sort of saying, I'm going to go out there and try to find objects, no matter what they are that bring value. I think that's really exactly. cool. And let's bring it back to the book, the cat in the hat, which I'll pull back up. Oh, and I course. said, I wasn't going to show you. The Doesn't everything come back to the mat? In a way, in a way, in a way ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I want to play a quick game. And this is a segment that we've done on the Rusty, the reseller YouTube channel for years now. It's called This or That. And so the game is simple. I'm going to show you two objects. I'm going to tell you about them. And then you're going to tell me which one you think is more valuable. And I'll tell you if you're right or not. You ready for this? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay, so you've already seen one. The first one is the cat in the hat. And I've already told you it's a first edition cat in the hat. Okay, so this object or this one, I'm going to pull it up. What I'm holding up is a postcard. It has writing on the front of it. It's a woman in like a red or like a pink kind of long dress. And it says Janvier uh, in the top, which is January. So the back of this card has a stamp and uh, it's postmarked as 1901. So it's definitely an old 120 some year old postcard of a woman and there's writing on the front. So is it, what's more valuable, this cat in a hat book or that old postcard? You get to be the first one to guess. Well, okay. So it would really depend on who wrote the postcard. I would think if it was somebody famous that was writing a postcard back from France in 1901, mm -hmm. it might have incredible value to a collector, right? So yeah. I'm going to say that the postcard is more valuable. Okay. Well, that's a great guess. You are correct, and but maybe for yes. a different reason than you were suspecting. So the Cat in the Hat book, a first edition without a dust jacket, kind of in rough condition, still going to sell somewhere in the $60 to $80 range. I would expect $70 to $75. Now, for a $0.20 cent expense, that's a pretty good flip. Am I right? Yeah. The postcard, however, is an original postcard. And the thing that's interesting about it or what brings the value isn't necessarily the writing on it or who wrote it, or even the age, but it's the person who created the image. And his name is Alphonse Mucha. And he is known to basically be the father of the Art Nouveau movement from the oh. late 1800s to the early 1900s. I happen to collect, it's about the only thing I collect, sort of collect uh, instruments, artwork, if I really care about it. And then this particular artist's postcards. This postcard would be a $100, $150 postcard. And that's wow. on the low end of the postcards that he makes. The fact that this has writing on it, that there's some condition issues, is why it's only $100 to $150. But mm. if you find really rare ones in really good condition, hundreds if not into the thousands for a single postcard. I would say wow. of all postcards out there, 
his cards of all makers of all designers artists are going to be bringing the most values i read somewhere where a few years ago a man had a hundred and i think he had 115 original mucha postcards and it sold an auction for like ninety thousand dollars oh well you know we we would all hope that we hit the mother load on uh, those kind of things but if we don't know what we're looking for mm -hmm. we're never going to hit the mother load that's so, right i mean the whole point of this show is to give us some information to teach us to be aware of these kind of things. So I'm going to be looking for Mucha postcards. And Please you know do. what? I know somebody in Western North Carolina that's looking You've got for a them. buyer. So You've I'm got going to a make buyer some already. Money. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> I'm in. That's awesome. All right, Matt. Well, anything else you want to show us today before we sign off? I don't think anything else to show. Just uh, good luck out there in your, in your treasure hunting. And make sure to check out uh, our YouTube channels, Rusty the Reseller, Postcard Planet, What Sold, and the What Sold Podcast YouTube channel. Yeah, and it's always helpful if you want to write a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else where you get your podcasts. It's always helpful to uh, kind of teach other people or show other people that it's worth listening to. So we really appreciate you guys. Remember to subscribe, you know, like do all those kind of fun things that help us out. We love doing this and we look forward to being back to you with a new show uh, in a couple of days. Awesome. Take care.